morning, church. So good to be with you as we worship God, just giving praise for all that he's done in our lives. Yeah, we can praise him for that. Want to welcome you, if, especially if you're our guest this morning. I hope you feel encouraged by God's spirit and his presence in this place and the fellowship that we share. Uh, if you're tuning in online, uh, connect with Cody. He's leading our online community. We'd love to get you connected into community. And I've got some friends who are utilizing spring break to be on the beach. Hi, guys. You chose wisely. All right. I'm a little jealous, uh, but more just happy for you. All right. So, hey, we are in week two of a series uh, called There's an App for That. All right. There's an app for that. A study of the book of Proverbs. You know, across our life, you look on your phone, you look on your computers. We've got apps for everything, right? Apps for anything and everything. And, and the big uh, idea behind apps is that they're designed to make maybe navigating something more effective, uh, they're designed to bring a more enjoyable experience to us or uh, to provide benefits in all, all sorts of areas of life. There, there are some apps that are just a waste of time. Just delete those off your phone. Quit wasting your time. All right? But there are plenty of apps where it's a benefit to have. And as we talk about the Bible, we talk about application in a way that is the greatest benefit and blessing we can ever have in our life. The fact is that God, our loving Father in heaven, has provided knowledge and wisdom for us from front to back of his word. And as we intentionally invest into it, put that knowledge into our heart and then live out that knowledge through wisdom, we receive blessings in every area of our lives. It's the word of God that gives us identity, that gives us purpose, a mission to live for. It's the word of God that guides and directs our relationships so we can experience the fullness of those. And, and surely it's the word of God as we apply it to our life that lead us to what Jesus said, life and life to the fullest. And so we're looking at the book of Proverbs over these three weeks and just saying, okay, what kind of wisdom is there for us? Now wisdom, remember Pastor Mark described it yesterday, it, it's knowledge applied to life. That's the app, you know? Knowledge is knowing that the stove is hot. Wisdom is not touching the hot stove. Knowledge is knowing when the pizza comes out of the stove, it's going to burn my mouth. Anybody struggle with some foolishness in eating the pizza when it's burning hot, you know? We know it. <laughs> we know it. Uh, wisdom, wisdom's taking knowledge, applying it through our life. And, and throughout the scripture, and especially in Proverbs, I love it because it's just so practical in providing principles for us to apply in every area of our life so that we can receive the blessing that God has for us. And last week, Pastor Mark really kicked us off on, on something that's so countercultural, and that's contentment. That throughout Proverbs, Solomon, the, the author of Proverbs, through God's direction, encourages us and challenges us to be content in life, to be at peace in our relationship with God and how God has blessed us and how God is guiding us. And we talk specifically about ways that we can create a lifestyle of contentment, you know, that we could cut back. Less is more. We can live with less or on less. We can clear out simplify our life. Anybody go home and throw some things away last week? A handful of us, yeah? <laughs> and we can, we can be content by, by getting out of the cycle of debt and trying to make progress on that so we can experience freedom. 
See, God's desire for us spiritually, relationally, financially, in every area is that we would be free and have the joy of that freedom. So contentment is a vital building block. It's kind of the foundation of a healthy worldview and relationship with the Lord. And if you're following alone or along in your bulletin, we said contentment, it brings peace and it brings discernment on how to steward or take care of what God entrusts to us. As we step into relationship with God, we come to, to realize that he is the one that gives us breath in our lungs. Every life opportunity that we have, every provision, every resource, our finances, they all come from our loving father who desires to bless us. And so contentment allows us to see that and to say, okay, how do I take care of that? In Proverbs 14:30, it says this, a heart at peace, again, content, gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. From your experience, you probably have been on either side of that proverb, right? Where you've had a season of contentment and peace, and it's just joy and freedom, or you've been in seasons where it seems like envy and jealousy and greed are just dominating your life and you can't get peace. You know, contentment, and as we're gonna look, stewardship, it really allows us to stay focused on the eternal, the purposes that God has for us beyond the here and now. That's why in 1 Timothy 6, 6 to 7, Paul said this to Timothy. He said, godliness, which is following Jesus with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world and we can take nothing out of it. In fact, Paul goes on in that passage to warn Timothy that if you don't have contentment, then you will be lured in all sorts of ways by culture and society. And many people, they fall into those traps and they drift away from their faith. The truth is, as we, we think about this wisdom, it, it is very spiritual for us because it, it speaks directly to our purpose, our pursuit, and even our identity in Christ. And so today, we're going to kind of build on that idea of contentment. We're going to look at what it means to have good stewardship in our life. You know, what does it mean to be a steward? Throughout the Bible, it kind of calls us to that. And this is how Holman Bible Dictionary says it. It says that stewardship is utilizing and managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. Utilizing, managing all resources God provides for the glory of God and the betterment of his creation. See, as we build on contentment, we, we start to idea, or understand this idea of stewardship. We see that everything that we have, including our life, our jobs, our education, our opportunities, the resources that have come into our life, those are all gifts from God to us. And the Bible is very clear on wise principles and how to take care of those gifts, how to follow God's wisdom so that we can honor him, bring him glory, and we can bless all of creation, which includes us. See, as we follow these principles, we receive blessing and that blessing flows from us to others around us. And so contentment really is that starting point. Stewardship is our next step. And over the next uh, two weeks, we're going to talk about just real practically, how do we take care of all that God's given us? Specifically, even in the area of finances, how do we apply these principles from Proverbs, which seem to be timeless, 
so that we can experience God's blessing and we can be a blessing to God and others. And so let me encourage you in this. When we put those two ideas together, contentment is never complacency. Contentment isn't just saying, hey, I don't have to do anything, worry about anything. God has given each of us gifts and opportunities, skills and talents. And part of being a good steward is to make the most of that. We just don't let it dominate our life to where it intercepts our relationship with God. And so we got to be wise stewards. We got to honor God. And that covers no matter where we are in life, what we have or don't have, we can have an attitude of stewardship. And so let's look at two wise stewardship principles that we find in the book of Proverbs. And then we're going to look at three blessings that come from applying those to our lives. All right. And again, what's interesting is these principles that we see in, in scripture are still applicable today, still effective today. The first is this throughout Proverbs, we see a desire. It is wise to commit to a plan for spending, saving, and giving commit financially with the resources God gives us to a plan for spending, saving, and giving. And there's a, three, a theme throughout Proverbs that you don't just drift into growth. Spiritually speaking, we don't just drift into becoming more like Jesus. Relationally, we don't just drift into healthier, more stable relationships. It takes focus, it takes a plan and a commitment. There's no proverb that says, wander aimlessly, and in the end, it'll all work out for you, all right? But there are really direct proverbs that say, hey, there is benefit to taking the time to say, God, how, what plan would you have for me in my life and committing to it? In fact, Proverbs 21.5 says it this way. It says, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Now I'll say culturally, we are conditioned to live in haste. We are conditioned through advertisement always to be going and going and getting and getting and not thinking about our lives, about our resources in a way that maybe will bring blessing now and in the future. It's kind of just a cycle of haste. God says, no, if you are diligent, if you step back, establish a plan, commit to it, it will lead to profit. And so the, the best way to kind of talk about that is just a plan of a budget. You know, real practically for our lives, God has entrusted each of us with a certain amount of resources and opportunities and it differs in a, a crowd like this in our online community. But for each of us, this provides an opportunity for a spiritual conversation with God. Oh God, I trust what I have is from your hand. What plan do I need to put into place for my spending, for my saving, and for my giving? Now, I know for me, I, I, I can try to live simply and I can be generous, but if I don't have a plan, I don't ever seem to make progress in the savings. You know, I can give off the top, but if I don't have a plan for what the rest of my resources are doing, I just, whatever comes in goes out. Whatever comes in goes out. And at the end of the month, it's like, hey, what happened, right? And so God says, it's, it's good to be diligent, to create a plan so that you can profit, you can prosper. My blessings can be on you, all right? Proverbs 15, 22, it says this, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. 
You know, we talk about, you know, a plan for, for finances. Some of us just feel ill-equipped or we feel a little bit overwhelmed with where we are. Maybe we've made some mistakes in the past and we're, we're having to get ourselves out of a tough situation, financially speaking. But it, culturally, you know, we're not very good at seeking counsel when it comes to our resources. Financial counseling and coaching is available, but most of us are conditioned in a way that we just don't talk about money. We don't talk about resources with people. You know, we'll go to the doctor to get a checkup physically. We'll take our car to a mechanic. But when we comes to our finances, we don't always take a step to get wise counsel and direction. But as a church, we want everyone to thrive in every area of life because that's God's desire for you. And so as a church, we have committed ourselves to providing every opportunity we can for you to thrive and succeed. And there's a couple opportunities coming up. The first is Financial Peace University. That's coming up in May. We're having an in-person class here and Financial Peace is filled with biblical principles and wisdom to help you get a game plan for your finances and for your life. It's built on small steps, simple baby steps that, hey, I can, I can focus on this and I can take a step. I can focus on this and I can take a step. But when lived out over the long haul has an incredible blessing and benefit in your life. And so that class is in May. We're offering it. It's free to you. You can register through the uh, QR code on the screen. And some of us even, you know, we can't wait that long. We don't want to wait that long. We also have provided the Ramsey Plus resources. This, this goes along with financial peace. If you scan the QR code, you can access uh, a subscription that's more than a $300 value that we've purchased for our entire church family to benefit from. There's videos on there on how to manage money, what, what to think when we're budgeting, how to handle uh, emergencies. My wife and I personally, we use the, the app uh, that allows us to budget through the Ramsey Plus. Every month we can establish our expenses. Every month we can track our, uh, our spending and we can see how we're doing. Our lives have been incredibly blessed by that. And it's free to you, an off opportunity for you to use, right? Proverbs 27, 12 says this, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep on going and pay the penalty. When we think about planning for our lives, planning for fi uh, financially, you know, a lot of us, if you're optimistic, I don't, I don't ever want to plan for something bad to go wrong. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, hey, today's good. Tomorrow's going to be better. But the truth is life happens, right? How many of you know life just happens, all right? I got a reminder of how life happens. Uh, this is a small Peppa Pig toy, all right? This is not the one uh, that was the most expensive toy, but we have a toy just like this, the most expensive toy we've ever owned in my house. And let me tell you why. A few months ago, uh, my son said, hey, Peppa went down the drain, all right? Hey, Peppa goes down the drain, life happens, you know what? There wasn't an immediate emergency. It seemed like the, the tub drained fine. But after a few weeks, we, we started to know that, notice a downstairs stink, sink was not draining quite as quickly. And so it was like, okay, Peppa might be coming back <laughs> to haunt us a little bit, all right? So we brought, brought a plumber out. They, they seemed to fix that sink. But they said, uh, just so you know, if it was a smaller clog here, we may have set it free, but it may back up further on down your sewer line and cause a bigger issue. So Thanksgiving of last year was a very interesting day for us. 
As we were taking showers and getting ready to enjoy Thanksgiving with our family, uh, I noticed all the drains downstairs started to clog up and they started to overflow. And given it was Thanksgiving day, I didn't want to call a plumber to come out, but we ended up having sewage hmm. in places that you don't want sewage to be. <laughs> Turns out Peppa was a $700 toy after all of <laughs> life happening, right? And so for us, you know what? We don't plan on that, thing, that happening, but that's just part of life, right? Wasn't malicious. Here's what we learned from it though that that was, would have been a big emergency had we not planned a little bit, saved a little bit for when stuff like that happens. It was $700 and we didn't want to spend $700 to unclog our drain for Peppa Pig, but the fact that we had a little bit of savings took it from an emergency to just life. The wisdom of planning ahead, of thinking about, you know what, the unexpected things, it allows us as those unexpected things happen to just handle them, to have a little bit of peace, to not cause conflict in our relationships and in our families to just say, it happened. Peppa happened to us, all right? This is not the same Peppa. I don't know what happened to that Peppa. But, but I carry this around as a reminder. No, I'm just, I just brought it for today. <laughs> Here's the, it's easy to get tripped up, you know, financially and to get off track from, from our plans. And again, our culture doesn't help. We, we have a, a high standard of living, but most of that is achieved through debt and credit. I've never had a salesperson, you know, sit me down and say, hey, does this purchase match up with your 10-year financial goals? You know, does this purchase really bless your family for the long run? No, they're there to sell us a product, all right? Or that credit card in our pocket is just there to make the quick purchase accessible, to have a plan, to see the dangers of not preparing or even of spending too much is wise. And when we apply that knowledge, we live in that wisdom and we receive God's blessing, which we're going to talk about in a second. So first we get a plan. And second, we maintain discipline and patience. Proverbs encourages us, once you set your mind your, and your heart on a plan, stay consistent. This is not all about getting rich quick or paying off debt quick. Proverbs 13, 11 says this, wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Get rich quick schemes never work out, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So no matter if you're trying to take that next step of growth and wealth, or you're trying to pay off debt so you can experience freedom, it's a matter of patience and discipline, which is a good thing for our life. God honors that. When we have discipline in our spiritual lives, when we have discipline in our relationships, it brings health to that. And he brings blessings to our finances when we create a plan, we stick to it, and we trust it in the long run. It's playing the long game. Again, not, not being overwhelmed with what I can have now or what I'm doing right now, but thinking for the future, five, 10, even 50 years ahead. Not that that's where our trust and our hope is in, it is in the Lord, but it brings peace to our lives. Proverbs gives us a, a, an interesting example with this. In Proverbs 6, 6 to 8, it says that we should be like the ant, which sounds odd. But it says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in the summer 
and gathers its food at harvest time. The ant and, and surely a lot of creation that God has put in place, they know that, you know what, it might be harvest time now, but we got to prepare for when the harvest is gone, when winter comes. And the, the uh, principle we can gain from that is we need to prepare ourselves as we manage what we have for when things might change, when emergencies might happen, when opportunities might go away from us. We need to enjoy the harvest and the blessing that God has placed in our lives right now, but know that in the harvest, he might be preparing us for a time where it's not available, where we have a little bit less, or we have to change our lifestyle. It's a balance here. It's not that we have to hoard out of fear of not having enough, but it is kind of foolish to just always use everything that we have so that if emergency happens, we're not prepared for it. And so I love FPU, the Financial Peace University class. One of the, the first baby steps is doing everything you can to get $1,000 set in an emergency fund. Because a lot of the emergencies that happen in our life, if we just had that much, it would keep us from using maybe credit or feeling like it's a, an emergency altogether. It might just turn into a life event there. And that, that might be hard. You might be thinking, I don't have that. I don't know how I could get that. Well, that's where this becomes, again, a spiritual journey of God. How can you provide? How can I partner with you in this journey to do all that I can and trust in your provision and your benefits and your blessings in my life? So again, we're, we're not trying to motivate us to live in fear, but preparation. After first service, one of my friends, Josh, he said, you know, we don't plan to fail. A lot of times we just fail to plan. And financially speaking, that happens a lot, right? If we don't have a plan, we're not going to succeed. So if we do this, if we create a plan and we maintain the discipline and, uh, with it, we, get, we can get some blessings from God. There's three in particular that I want us to look at as we close today. The first is this. If you have this mindset of contentment and stewardship, you're going to have confidence in God as your provider and your sustainer confidence in God as your provider and sustainer. This is the foundation for what it means to have a healthy worldview, a healthy relationship with God. Trust that everything I have comes from him. It's not about me. It's not even about what I do with it, but it starts with his provision for us, the opportunities he gives us. And when we settle this battle in our, in our lives, we receive just the peace that transcends all understanding, the blessing that, you know what, it's my heavenly father who desires to care for me, to provide for each and every one of my needs. And I'm going to have confidence in who he is. If he owns the universe, surely he sees my need. Surely I can trust him for everything I'm going through. He is a big and powerful God capable of those things. That's why Paul says in Philippians 4:19, he says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus, when he was here, he said, look at the birds of the air. God provides for them. Look at the lilies in the field. God provides for them. Surely he loves them and surely he loves you, his child, all the more. Trust him. Trust him and meet him in this process. Take the wisdom and knowledge and apply it to your life. So we get confidence in God as our provider and sustainer. We get peace when emergency uh, happen. That's number two there, the second blessing. Peace when emergencies happen. I mentioned our, our PEPA story, right? 
an opportunity to freak out, an opportunity for Thanksgiving to be ruined, an opportunity to put us in maybe down a path of more financial hardship. But because my wife, who's really gifted and passionate about helping us budget, reminded me and brought that blessing into our lives that, hey, we need a plan for the unexpected, we were able to take care of it. And it wasn't an emergency, it was just life, right? For us, all of us, you know, we, we have that opportunity to trust in God and to navigate those hard seasons as they come. I think of Genesis 41 and Joseph's story here, how God wants to provide for us when those emergencies happen. If you know Joseph's story, you know that he was sold into slavery, he went into Egypt, and in his time there, he went through all sorts of ups and downs, blessings and persecutions. But there came a time where the Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, had a dream, and Joseph was the only one gifted by God to interpret the dream. And the dream essentially said this, that there's gonna be seven years of blessing, of great harvest across the land of Egypt. But following those seven years of harvest, there's gonna be seven years of famine. And Joseph, through God's wisdom, told the Pharaoh, we need to use the harvest to prepare for the famine. We need to set back 20% each year so that when the famine years happen, we can sustain the country and the people. The wisdom of that, as we see it played out in Joseph's story, is that it did sustain the people. It provided life. And the wisdom we can take from that is the harvest, the blessings that we have now, if they're above and beyond what we expected, it might also be some provision for a famine in the future or an un unforeseen event in the future. So instead of living maxed out on everything, consuming everything, we can set back, we can prepare for the, the quick and the long-term changes in life. So it brings peace when those things happen. Third, if we live by these principles, it brings a legacy of blessing to us and to others, a legacy of blessing. Again, we're called to think about more than just our lives, think about more than just our time here on earth. And Proverbs 13, says this, a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. You know, it's hard. Sometimes we get jealous or envious of, it seems like someone who's not honoring God at all, they just, they got all the wealth in the world. They got all the stuff. We can be confident. You know what? If I follow God's plan for my life, he's going to bless me and I'm going to pass on an inheritance of blessing to my children and their children. And this is more than just having a trust fund or a lot of money that you're going to uh, be able to leave your children. It's equipping them, training them, to live under God's blessing, teaching them what it means to be a steward, equipping them to really thrive financially, but in every area of life. Maybe it's experiencing things with them. I know your children, they would love to have experiences with you instead of amount of money when you're gone. Take advantage of the time you have. Some of us are we're, we're retired or we're near retirement. Man, take advantage of the time to speak into your children your grandchildren, to encourage them, equip them, and bless them in every way. You know, I think of my own life, one of the blessings I received, I remember it vividly when I was nine years old, I got my, my first job, it was delivering newspapers um, 
for ad news here in town. Once a week, I'd roll up the papers, I'd load my bicycle, and I'd ride up and down a few streets delivering newspapers. And I remember after that first month, I got my paycheck of $42.50. To a nine-year-old, do you know how, how much $42.50 is? I, all I could think about how much McDonald's can I buy with this food, all right? But I remember when I, when I got that first paycheck, my mom sitting me down and saying, hey, Paul, this opportunity to have a job, to have a bicycle, to physically be able to work, that all comes from God. And the Bible tells us that when we see that and acknowledge that, we should give God a gift, the first 10% of that pay, just as a way of saying, thank you, God. I'm going to honor you, God, and receive God's blessing in my life. So I remember taking $4.25 to church that very first week that I got paid and putting it in the offering box. That's my parents leaving a legacy of generosity and healthy financial principles in my life. Every time I receive a gift or I get paid, I remember that experience. It's not just about a lump of money, but training and equipping our children to live in the blessing of working out these principles and living by these principles in our lives. And that blessing then gets passed to my children, hopefully their children, and so on. So for all of us, you know, we're in a, size, a crowd this size, we're all at different places. We all have next steps when it comes to living out these principles. But again, I hope you take advantage of some of the resources we've provided, that you see this as a spiritual step of obedience and adventure as we trust in God. And I, I encourage you, again, that Financial Peace University class that we offer in May. If you're in a place where it just feels a little overwhelming, I don't know what to do, I don't know how it could be different, take advantage of that class. God's principles are true. You can scan that QR code, you can be a part of that in-person class, you can receive some incredible blessings and benefits as you just strive to honor God with what he's provided. For all of us though, it's just that intimate spiritual conversation of God, help me to see what you've provided and help me to take care of it in a way that honors you and blesses others. And so as we, pray, uh, as we close today, I wanna just lead us in prayer that we could surrender that. And for some of us today, maybe that, that first step of surrender is acknowledging that you need Christ's forgiveness in your life, that you need a salvation, what he did for you on the cross and through the tomb to come into your life and to save you from your sins and to start that relationship with God. And so I'll give you an opportunity as we pray for that as well. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you so much for just how applicable your word is, the knowledge that we see in there we know it comes from you, the creator of the universe. You give us identity and purpose. You give us wisdom so that we can experience life to the fullest in every aspect of life. And God, I thank you that your spirit reminds us of the truth in your word. And we walk in wisdom when we live it out, when we apply it. And so God, for all of us, I pray that we would take just that step spiritually of stewardship, that we would see that you are the provider of all that we have and all we will have. And God, our main call is just to take care of it while we're here in a way that honors you and blesses others. And so, Lord, I pray right now that we would collectively as a church just recommit and surrender to that. We'd see with your eyes what we have and how we can honor you with it. God, give us wisdom and direction in creating a plan, 
discipline and stick into it so that we can receive the blessings that you have for us. Father, right now, I pray for those who are here, who are experiencing your presence and even drawn by your spirit, both here in person and online, knowing that what they really need to settle is a salvation need in their life, that they acknowledge that they are lost without you, but that you are faithful. You died on the cross for our sins. Lord, even while we were sinners, you died and prepared a way for us to be forgiven. God, thank you that your spirit of power wrote Jesus from the grave so that we can have the hope of forgiveness and eternal life. And Lord, if anyone in this room or online needs to take that step of prayer, just with faith, they would say, yes, I need that. I accept that I'm a sinner. I accept that Jesus paid the price for my sins. I receive you into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. God, as we continue to honor you as our church, this church family, Lord, guide us and direct us, and may we walk in obedience to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, uh, prior to communion, we're going to close uh, the service in, uh, with communion, but I do want to just remind you of the opportunity we have to pass on some blessing to our community. Several churches and some organizations are partnering to, together for the Community Serve Day. Uh, it's April 9th from 9 to noon. Uh, there's all sorts of locations around the city, and our desire is just that we would pour three hours of service into our city to make it beautiful for spring and to bless some of the departments, the organizations. Uh, and so we've got over 100 people already signed up. There's plenty of spots to, to um, join. Lori Mercer and myself will be out in front of the fountain uh, to help you sign up if you need any help with that. It's a great opportunity to bring uh, some family and friends with you. You can sign up on the website or see us there. As we close with communion, I just encourage you the reminder that it gives us that God, even when he was setting forth creation, knew of our sin and rejection that we would have. And he planned ahead the salvation that we needed through his son dying on the cross for us. And so as we take the bread, we're reminded of Jesus, his body that was broken for us. And as we take the cup, we're reminded of his blood that was shed for us, that we can be covered of every sin and we can be brought into relationship with him. And so as you take that this morning, whether it's here at the altar or using the prepackaged elements in your seat, just rest in that, that God loves you. He sees you, he cares for you. And the greatest gift we have is being a part of his church family and his family eternally. You can come and take communion.